Good morning, everyone, and welcome. We are so excited that you are here um, for this beautiful Sunday morning. As we continue to get settled, I just wanted to welcome all of you. It's a very special day. It is our Senior Recognition Sunday. Um, so a special word of welcome to all of our graduating seniors and their families right down front and center with me. Um, it has been a total joy to walk with you along this process. I'm really looking forward to celebrating all of you. A few quick words of announcements. Um, my name is Kat Bear. I didn't say that before. I'm the director of youth ministries here, which is why I care so much about the senior class. Um, but you will find uh, in your in your aisles somewhere, there's a black notebook. We encourage you to mark your attendance. And if you're joining with us online, we are so excited that you are joining us. You can mark your attendance on your browser or by dropping a comment on whatever um, social media avenue you're watching. So if you look around for your fellowship pads, we'd love to know that you're here. Um, we also are doing recruitment for our congregational care ministers in the garden. These are people of our congregation who feel especially called to help us reach out and connect with all the people who might need extra prayer or extra visits right now. Um, also, if you feel like you or someone you know could use a little extra support from your church right now, we encourage you to go up um, to that booth in the garden in between services and connect with our current congregational care ministers. We're also having a special service uh, this Thursday we wanted to let you know about. It's our Children Loved and Longed For service. Um, this service is particularly oriented towards those who, as we approach the holiday of Mother's Day, have um, it's a really hard season for them. And people either through a variety of experiences find this a season where they need an extra space to feel God's closeness to them. Um, this is a service specially set aside. Um, it's Thursday, May 5th at 7 p.m. and it's in the chapel. Next Sunday is Mother's Day, and we will have goodies in the garden in between the 9.30 and 11 o'clock services, so from 10.30 to 11 in the garden um, for all of our mothers to come out and uh, celebrate and feel celebrated by their church community. Finally, today is the last day to buy tickets for Tim's retirement party. It is May 6th, so that is next Saturday. Um, so today is the last day to buy tickets for that, so um, ask someone on staff or out in the garden if you're interested in doing that. Thank you guys so much for joining us, either here on Fifth Street or online. We are so glad that you're worshiping with us um, and uh, looking forward to everything that serves today.
Hello, everyone, again and again. Welcome to Senior Recognition Sunday. Um, I am going to lead us this morning in our call to worship. The response will be on your screens here in the sanctuary or if you're joining with us at home. Um, after the call to worship, we are going to stay standing and sing O Four Thousand Tongues to sing together. So now, if you would stand as you are able and join me in our call to worship. Risen Christ, you met Saul on his way to Damascus, even when he persecuted your church. Meet us as we gather here, even when we struggle to follow you. Transform us as you transformed Saul. Fulfill our potential and open our hearts to ministry and service. One of the things we do every Sunday as a community of faith is affirm our beliefs together. The words will be on the screen here in the sanctuary or at home, um, or you can turn to page 883 in the hymnal in your pew. Please now join me in our affirmation. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the word made flesh to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. 
We are called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope. In life, in death, in life beyond death, God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Good morning, friends, friends here in the sanctuary, friends joining us online. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Mark Burroughs, a.k.a. Mr. Mark. I get to be the children's uh, minister here, and I'm a professional mess. Um, Today's Faith Like a Child time is probably going to seem like it was created from a random sermon generator, because I'm going to try to work together Saul's conversion, communion, seniors, bodies of water, and John Madden. So let's see how it goes. Now kids, you're too young to remember, but John Madden was a commentator for football games and he always made things interesting and a lot of fun. And the Madden Summerall team was my favorite all time. It was the fall of 1995 and the Dallas Cowboys were up playing uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and there was a lull in the action and John Madden went to the Telestrator and was pointing out that there are three rivers in Pittsburgh. There's the Allegheny, it flows this way, and the Monongahela, and together they form, there's what he called a confluence. And I never heard that word, a confluence that creates the Ohio River. Then the action resumed, and John Madden went on to point out the confluence of sweat on the uniform of one of the offensive linemen for the Cowboys. I don't remember who my money's on, Nate Newton. And so I always remember that word, that confluence, that idea of coming together. I think it's such an important idea to think about today when there are so many forces in the world that are trying to divide, that are trying to splinter, they're trying to pull apart, that there's something beautiful about coming together, about what can happen when there is this wonderful confluence. So let's look at this thread right here and imagine that is communion, this wonderful meal that helps us remember how much Jesus loves us and will always love us no matter what. And one of my favorite things that we say here at First United Methodist Church is this is not the First Fort Worth table. This is not Mr. Mark's table or Dr. B's table or Pastor Lance's table. This is the Lord's table. Everyone is welcome. Everyone is invited. Everyone is included, and I love being a part of this church because that's the way we approach it. At the Lord's table, all are welcome. And then we have this river here, and it's you know, Saul's conversion experience. And you're going to hear that story a little bit later about how Saul 
was not a very nice guy. He was persecuting the early, he was trying to stop the followers of Jesus' way from gaining a foothold. And along the road, he heard the voice of Jesus. And then he became blind, and then he was taken in, and then there was this wonderful conversion experience, and he could see again. And it was grace that saved him. And grace is something truly special. That is like, you know, some, in some churches, the G, there's, the G word is guilt. And in ours, the G word is grace. And that means God loves you and there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do to earn God's love. It's just there. And it's always going to be there. <clears throat> and so these two rivers of welcome and inclusion and grace, they come together. And where do they come together? Where's their confluence? It's in our seniors. It's in our ambassadors. These wonderful people who have grown up here, who have just had such amazing experiences and been such leaders, been wonderful role models for the children that I get to work with. Every child in my program is lucky to have you as a role model because you, what were you going out in the world with? With inclusion and welcome and grace. And like a river, you are going to flow and you are going to nurture everything in your path. And aren't we as a church so lucky that these people who are going out in the world representing us are people filled with welcome and inclusion and grace. I thought for the closing what we would do is I'm thinking of a hymn. Gee, can you wonder what it is? What if we all think about our seniors as we together hum Amazing Grace? Can we do that? Here we go. As we clear our throats, there's something in the air, right? Here we go. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the best youth ministry in the city. And thank you for our seniors. Amen. And kids, if you're coming up with me, come meet me right here. Thank you, Mark. That was sweet. Ooh, and look at them. You got those mamas going already, Mark. Oh, got me going too. Um, hi guys, my name again is Kat Bear. I'm the director of youth ministries here, which means that I work with teenagers from sixth grade all the way through 12th grade. And it also means that, because I've been here for six years, that these are the young people that were coming into the ministry when I started, and I've been with them all the way through 12th grade. So today is a high holy day for me and for the rest of the youth ministries, um, as is our Senior Recognition Sunday. This is our young people's fourth and final naming day here at the church. We have traditions sprinkled out throughout the course of a young person's life where their names are said out loud in the sanctuary specifically as a way to honor them as babies at baby recognition or at baptism, as third graders for their third grade Bible presentation, as confirmands in sixth grade, and then finally on their senior recognition Sunday. 
And it's so fascinating as we hit each of these milestones, how we basically stack these blessings on top of each other, right? We say at baby, at baptism and baby celebration, you are loved and perfect exactly as you are, and we're going to shower you with all of this love. We can't wait to see who you grow into. And then in third grade, we add this blessing of like, we invite you into learning and we invite you into discovering who God's calling you to be, right? And then we add the sixth grade one where we say, your faith is now your own. You are now in charge of, you are now captain of this ship when it comes to your relationship between you and God. We bless you on your journey and we are grateful for your questions. And then we come to the senior one where we look back at all of these blessings we give to young people, the way we said, we're gonna teach your Sunday school class and we're gonna walk alongside you and we're gonna shape and grow you. And then we get to look at the way you've been shaped and grown and just be filled with gratitude and awe and wonder for all you've grown into. Um, I have four finger paintings in my office. They have been up there since 2017. I didn't know if you ever thought about if you just taped a finger painting to the wall of your office, how long it would stay up, but at least six years, it turns out. Um, and they were made at a middle school retreat that was themed messy um, in 2017. Um, and they say, God loves messy. Uh, messy is okay. Life is messy and beautiful. And what was the other one? I am messy and beloved. And they were painted by four of our graduating seniors when they were in seventh grade. And I have looked at them on the wall of my office and reminded myself of the way that God invites us into a messy and beautiful and um, just life full of belovedness. And as I think about these graduating seniors and the struggles and triumphs and hills and valleys and laughter that we have experienced together, I am struck again with the idea that God really must love messy and that messy really is beautiful. Um, I, you should be proud of these young people if you haven't gotten the chance to know them. They are brave and resilient and kind and hilarious and warm and some of the most likable young people I have ever met. I have delighted in every hour I have spent with them and I will miss them more than I can say. They are headed off to study things like theater, business, forestry, and international relations. They are joining the military. They are traveling as far as Denton and Nacogdoches, Nacogdoches and Colorado and Washington, D.C., um, and we are so, and Mississippi, and we are so excited for all of them and their next adventures. They are truly an incredible class. Seniors, though, no one should be prouder of you than you are of yourselves. You have truly done incredible things. You have created art out of the messy finger paint you have been offered, and we're never afraid to get your hands dirty for the sake of creating something beautiful. You are the funniest, warmest, kindest people I have ever met. You make people feel welcome. You welcome the outcast and the stranger. You take the warm, gooey mess of who you are and offer it with open hands to everyone who you come across. There will never be another group like you. No offense, but the large portion of you rejected being cool in honor of being loving, and there's nothing greater that we can ask of you. Thank you for all that you've taught us, all the ways that you've led us, all the ways that you've walked alongside us and allowed us to learn from you over these past six years. 
thankfully I'm done. So we are going to invite our seniors up one by one um, with their families and recognize them and we'll have a chance to applaud for them and celebrate all that they've done um, and we'll offer them gifts and then you will have a chance to say a blessing over them that will be much more polished than this and it will be on your screens um, and we cannot wait to get this chance to celebrate you all together. What a blessing it is to honor you today and to celebrate uh, this accomplishment and um, the ways in which you have blessed and will bless many people. Ainsley Carolyn Bond, daughter of Jeff and Jennifer Bond, graduating from I Am Terrell Academy for STEM and Visual and Performing Arts, will be attending University of Oklahoma. Hannah Marie Nix Campbell, daughter of Jeremy and Kimberly Lawrence, graduating from I.M. Terrell Academy for STEM and Visual and Performing Arts, will be attending Oklahoma City University. Shane Patrick Kennedy, son of Shane and Linda Kennedy, graduating from Trinity Valley School, will be attending University of Oklahoma. Sav Grace Kennedy, child of Shane and Linda Kennedy, graduating from Trinity Valley School, will be attending George Washington University. Carson Nicholas Magrida, son of Noah and Christine Magrida, graduating from Keller Central High School, will be attending Texas A&M University. Ellen Rebecca Mott, daughter of Chris and Sarah Mott, graduating from V.R. Eaton High School, will be attending University of North Texas. Benjamin Clark Moon, son of Jason and Cindy Moon, graduating from Arlington Heights High School, will be attending Colorado State University. Hunter Donovan Reeves, son of Sam and Kelly Reeves, is graduating from Benbrook Middle High School and will be attending Colorado School of the Mines. Tyler Paxton Reeves, son of Sam and Kelly Reeves, is graduating from Benbrook Middle High School and will be joining the Army as a Seaborn. Gigi Black Riddle, daughter of Guy and Nan Riddle, is graduating from Pasco High School and will be attending the University of Texas. Lily Elizabeth Center, daughter of Ryan and Heather Center, is graduating from Fort Worth Country Day and will attend the University of Mississippi. Kate Isabella Toulouse, daughter of Rand and Holly Toulouse, is graduating from Grace Preparatory Academy and will be attending Stephen F. Austin University in Nacogdoches, Texas. Now if you would join me with a round of applause for this, the class of 2022. Mm -hmm.
Matt, you're up. Please excuse me while I knock an unbelievable amount of glitter off of my hands before I serve communion. Uh, seniors, we want to uh, you and your families to remain standing up front um, as we affirm the vows that we've said over you throughout these years. Through the sacrament of baptism, you were initiated into Christ's holy church by the steadfast love and grace of God. We were committed to pray for you and to nurture you in your journey of faith through our words and our deeds. Through confirmation, you reaffirmed your faith, renewing the covenant declared at your baptism. We welcomed you into membership and were encouraged by your claiming of this tradition and this community. Through church membership, you have taken seriously the call to be a disciple of Christ and through the Holy Spirit have grown in grace, knowledge, and maturity. We encourage you to question and challenge. We served alongside you and we were inspired and transformed by your witness. Through this recognition, we send you out, knowing that God goes with you wherever you go. We bless you and pray for you as your faith journey continues beyond this church. Always remember that this is your home, that in trial and triumphs, in mountains and valleys, in whatever the future holds, in this community, you will always belong. Let's pray. Our gracious and loving God, we give thanks to you for all your blessings, especially the blessing of each one of these graduating seniors, their families, and all those who have helped to nurture them in the faith through all these years. We pray your blessing upon them as they go from this place into the next phase of their lives that they may continue to be a blessing for others. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And now let's one more time congratulate them. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 1 through 20. I'll be reading from the common English version of the Bible. I invite you to read along in your own Bible or in the Pew Bible, which is the New Revised Standard Version. Also, the words will be on the screens in front of you. Meanwhile, Saul was still spewing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest seeking letters to the synagogues in Damascus. 
If he found persons who belonged to the way, whether men or women, these letters would authorize him to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. During the journey, as he approached Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven encircled him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice asking him, Saul, Saul, why are you harassing me? Saul asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are harassing, came the reply. Now get up and enter the city. You'll be told what you must do. Those traveling with him stood there speechless. They heard the voice but saw no one. After they picked Saul up from the ground, he opened his eyes, but he couldn't see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and neither ate nor drank anything. In Damascus there was a certain disciple named Ananias, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision. Ananias, he answered, Yes, Lord. The Lord instructed him, Go to Judas' house on Straight Street and ask for a man named from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias enter and put his hands on him to restore his sight. Ananias countered, Lord, I've heard many reports about this man. People say he's done horrible things to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's here with authority from the chief priests to arrest everyone who calls on your name. And the Lord replied, Go. This man is the agent I have chosen to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I'll show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Ananias went to the house. He placed his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord sent me. Jesus, who appeared to you on the way as you were coming here, he sent me so that you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly, flakes fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. After eating, he regained his strength. He stayed with the disciples in Damascus for several days. Right away, he began to preach about Jesus in the synagogues. He is God's son, he declared. God speaks to us through the reading of Scripture. Amen. Well, before we consider today's scripture reading and today's message, I want to say a special word of thanks for the people who are partners in ministry all around the church this morning. I want to thank our service choir and our youth choir for leading us in worship today. I want to thank all the people who are volunteering in uh, hospitality, people who are teaching Sunday school classes for adults and children, and particularly for people who are involved in our youth ministry as participants, as the youth, as leaders and volunteers. My heart rejoices and I'm thinking back of the years that I've known all of you and all of you adults and all of the, the work that so many people have done uh, to be a part of your ministry. And so there's a greater than zero chance of participation or precipitation for me today as well, because y'all are a very special group to me. My name is Lance Marshall. I'm one of the co-senior pastors along with Dr. Brewster here at First Church. And a couple Sundays ago was Easter. And in proclaiming the Easter message this year, I just wanted to say the words, Christ is risen today, over and over and over again. And specifically to emphasize not that Christ is risen on 
Easter Sunday. That's true, but Christ is also risen the next day as well, and the following day, and every day since, including today. Christ is risen today. So what is the risen Christ up to? What is the risen Christ doing? Because Christ is risen, what's he doing? And last week we shared this story, this portion that we get in Scripture of what the risen Christ is doing immediately following those earliest moments and days. And one of the things that he does is meet two of his disciples as they're traveling on the road to Emmaus. And if it's not clear, they're giving up. They're people who followed Jesus, who got excited about him, who were enthusiastic about his message and what it could mean for them and for the rest of the world. But upon seeing him arrested and tried, humiliated, defeated, crucified, they gave up. And they're headed home. Emmaus is to the west of Jerusalem. They're literally walking into the sunset. And what is the risen Christ doing? He's right there with them. He's right alongside them. Just like so many people in so many times and places have gotten excited about Jesus, have become an enthusiastic follower of him, and something has happened or failed to happen, and they've given up. Just like those people today and every person since, Jesus is right there with them. The risen Christ is walking beside everybody, even if they're in the process of walking away. Today's scripture reading is an incredible account of what the power and work of the risen Christ can do. And it focuses on the story of a man named Saul. And I'll get into specifically what happened. But what's important to understand is what it tells us the risen Christ is doing today. What does it tell us about what Jesus is doing? And what does it tell us about us? That's what we're focusing on in this story. And to understand its meaning and its purpose, I'd love to give you a little bit of background. If you, if you don't know his story, it's important to understand that this man, Saul, is not just any interested person who's traveling to Damascus. We discover elsewhere in the book of Acts, he's someone who never met Jesus during Jesus' earthly life and ministry. And if he had, he wouldn't have liked him. Because he was a Pharisee. He was a person who was steeped in religious education. And Saul particularly believed that his was the only way of interpreting what it was to be a faithful Jewish follower of their God. And so he would have looked at someone like Jesus as an unauthorized teacher of heresies. Somebody who's leading people astray. And we know this because that's how Saul persecutes the earliest followers of Jesus. He's finding these people who are calling themselves people of the way. They don't have the word Christian yet. They're following the way of Jesus. And Saul is, it's saying persecuting. What it means is he's finding them. He's rooting them out of the places where they're meeting. He's beating them, killing them at times. Because he sees them as committing these incredible acts of unjustifiable religious heresy, poisoning the well with their thoughts about this resurrected Messiah who's creating a new heaven and a new earth in which all people are invited to participate between the lines where Jew and Gentile are no longer meaningful because God is doing a new work of redemption and inclusion. They see that as unacceptable. And Saul in particular understands himself as one of the people who's responsible for seeking it out and stamping it out and killing anybody who would do that. That's what he's headed to Damascus to do. He's taken his show on the road. He's become so effective at doing this in Jerusalem, he's got new marching orders to go to the next place where this way continues to spread, to do whatever he can to put a stop to it. And it's on that road to Damascus that the risen Christ meets Saul. 
Saul, in the midst of his travels, is surrounded by a light that he can't understand or explain that literally blinds him. And he hears this thundering voice, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Not just harassing in the sense of bothering, but persecuting in the sense of killing. And what can you imagine that he would think? This person, Saul, who thinks that this Jesus is a hoax, is a charlatan, is a phony, isn't real, he's a lie. In his mind, the stories of a resurrection are a fabrication. This person who is doing everything he can, believing God is sending him to do so, to be incredibly violent, all for the purposes of the faith, to instead realize in one flash of light, in one booming voice, that this Jesus is real and is present and at work and knows his name and what he's done and what he will do because that Jesus has plans for him. Saul is, I mean, what word would you use for it? Destroyed? Wrecked? Completely transformed? Because that's what happens. After encountering Ananias and having the scales fall from his eyes, Saul begins to go by the name Paul become the greatest planter of churches in the early Christian movement, the person who wrote the majority of our New Testament. Christ does a mighty work. The risen Christ does a mighty work of transforming Saul into Paul. And that's what the risen Christ is doing today. All week long, I've been walking around the offices of the church as I, as I ponder this message. And I've been saying out loud, Saul fell off a horse. So what? Saul fell off a horse. So what? What does that mean for us? Sitting in our historic Fifth Street Sanctuary in Tarrant County, 2,000 years later. Saul fell off a horse on the way to Damascus 2,000 years ago. So what? You watching online from anywhere in the world, maybe even Dallas. <laughs> Saul fell off a horse 2,000 years ago. So what? What knocked Saul off that horse? What made it where Saul could no longer see until Saul could actually see for the first time ever? What transformed Saul from the very depths of his pit and understanding and every moment of his life that he would yet live, what was active in Saul at that moment was grace. Grace is a power of Christ. Grace is Christ at work. Grace is when Christ does something to change the hearts and lives of Christ's people. And we always think of grace typically with these soft or subtle adjectives, but grace can be the kind of force that completely transforms in an instant everything you thought you knew about life, yourself, the world, and everything. And grace knocks Saul off that horse. And that same grace and that same power and that same presence is at work in your life in your children's lives, in the lives of the people that you love, and every person that you will meet on your life's journey. Because the resurrected and risen Christ is at work transforming people every single day. That's so what. It's not just that it happened. It's that it is happening. Do you understand? That's the purpose of this understanding. It's not that it happened. It's that it is happening. Christ is transforming. Christ is reshaping. Christ is remaking. And you see the evidence of it every single day. Every time you see someone who has taken the claim or title of the name Christian, 
and somehow in their life has a peace that seems to go beyond understanding. Christ did that. Christ's grace did that. That's what he's up to today. And every time you've seen someone that seems to have a purpose that compels them to make the world a better place, that makes the world more welcoming, hospitable, fair, and just in the face of all of the things that would stop them, it's Christ that does that and is doing that. Anytime you see someone so incredibly lost, forsaking all that is good, doing irreparable damage to themselves and others, and then they change. Christ does that. Christ's grace does that. The resurrected Christ is present and at work, transforming then, now, and every day. And the story of Saul is the story that nobody is ever too far gone. Nobody has ever done too much or done too little. Nobody is ever beyond the reaching, the saving, and the transforming work of the resurrected Christ. That is so what? That's why this story means something to us today. And if that's Saul fell off a horse, so what? Well, Christ's transforming grace is at work and available for us. Now what? Now what? I imagine you've come to this place, you've never visited this church or any church here before, and in the midst of all that trepidation, you walked through these doors not knowing what was waiting for you, not knowing if you'd be accepted or loved, not knowing if there was anything real here for you. The now what for you is this. The risen Christ is at work through his grace, then, now, and every day. And the great work of your life is opening yourself up to it, receiving it, having a posture of listening and accepting and recognizing what it is that he's doing in and through and for you. Some of us will get flat knocked off a horse. Others of us will have that grace like three rivers in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Meet up in a confluence in our heart. And shape us into the people that Christ would have us be. What I invite you to do today. As we come to the table for Holy Communion. As in just a few minutes when you're invited forward. You're going to be allowed to, you're going to be asked to come forward with your hands held open like this. As you come forward to the rail, you can remain standing if it's comfortable. You can kneel if you'd prefer. And into your hands will be placed a piece of bread. Following behind, a steward will have a tray full of juice, and you'll be invited to take uh, from that tray a pre-filled cup. We always have non-fermented grape juice in it because we don't want to ever have to have someone choose between sobriety and the sacrament. You'll eat that bread and you'll receive that juice. And this is something that we call a sacrament. It's a gift given to us by Christ so that we might have to not just hear the good news of his grace or trust the good news of his grace, but taste, touch, feel, and know the presence of his grace in our lives today. And so as you prepare to come forward to receive communion today, what I ask you to lift up in your heart in prayer as you walk forward down the aisles is this. Christ at work. Risen Christ here with me. What would you have me know of you today? Because Christ is at work, transforming, reshaping, and remaking you no matter what. When you come forward, open up your heart and receive what it is he has to say to you today. 
Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, all who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, as his church, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Would you join me? Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear this good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death and made with us a new covenant by water and the spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, the Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. After giving thanks to you, he gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ and one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all glory and honor is yours, Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And now you're invited to come as the ushers direct you.
Brothers and sisters in Christ, it's time where we've come to respond to God's grace by the freely giving of our tithes and our offerings. As I invite our ushers to come forward, I want to remind you that all the ministries of this church, the ministries with young people, the ministries with our adults, ministries with everyone is made possible because of your continued generosity to the ministries of Christ Church. You can give as the basket comes past or you can give online now at any time by going to fumcfw.org slash give now. Would you please join me as we pray a blessing over this offering? Resurrected Christ, please receive this act of worship as we return to you a portion of what you've made possible for us. Please take these gifts and bless them. Use them for the strengthening of the body of Christ, your church, and use them for the coming of your kingdom. And it's your name that we trust and that we pray and say. Amen.
Thank you all for worshiping with us today. A few final words of invitation. If this is your first time with us, welcome. We promise it's normally not so much crying from people up front, but we are glad that you are here with us. If you are with us here in person, you are. we invite you to meet us at the on-ramp. We'll go, you'll go out, turn left into the garden. You'll see a big sign that says on-ramp. We have gifts. Um, for first-time visitors, for, we have gifts for kids, we have gifts for teenagers, we have gifts for adults. So we encourage you to come join us out there. And we're going to help you just find whatever your first steps might be from going to going to church here to being part of the community here. Um, we also have a congregational care team up here up front uh, to pray with you if you'd like someone to pray with um, at the end of this service. Um, I'd also like to add that our seniors are going to come back up um, at the end of the service, kind of where they were uh, for handshakes and pictures. So if you'd like to come congratulate them, that would be a great way to do that, is to come meet them up at the front of the sanctuary at the conclusion of this service. Thank you guys um, so much for being part of our worship service today. I'm going to invite Lance to close us in our benediction. Our gathering will soon be ended. Where will we go and what will we do? We will go out to meet God's people in the world. May grace. Peace, hope, love, and joy forever accompany you. Amen.